For the Community by the Community podcast is brought to you by Traverse Catholic Federal Credit Union, financial services for the community established in 1950. Hi, and welcome to the 9 and 10 News for the Community by the Community podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Creighton. Living in northern Michigan, something I truly love about this area is the love and support that comes from every corner of these communities. So the goal of this podcast is to promote and get to know the many local nonprofits and charities and their work, along with the individuals who really leave an impact on their communities through outreach or volunteering. If you ever want to nominate a group or individual, please send me an email at laurencrayton at 9and10news.com. I'd love to learn about who is making a difference where you live. It's only March, but 2022 has already proven to be an extremely busy year for the Cherry Lane Humane Society. Everything changed completely for volunteers at the nonprofit on January 28th, when they took in over 160 dogs at once. This proved to be one of the single largest animal seizures in Grand Traverse County animal control history. Nearly two months later and the dogs are finally finding their forever homes. I'm joined here in Traverse City today by Cherryland Humane Society Animal Welfare Manager Tia Barbara and Communications and Marketing Manager Naomi Washburn. We are here today to talk about the East Bay Township dogs that you guys rescued. It's been all over the media. Everyone knows about this, it seems. Can you guys take me back to the day that those dogs were first rescued and what that day was like for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, worked with Grand Traverse County Animal Control, which we have a contract with. So when they let us know that we were getting called on scene, we got into prep mode, deep prep mode. We had no idea that the numbers would be so high. So we were prepping for probably about 50 dogs. Um, But that also was on the lower end of what we were thinking about. So once we got on scene, I actually went out there with animal control and, um, you know, surveyed the land, see what we needed to do. And the conditions were just deplorable. There were animals outside pretty much freezing. There was um, animals inside and the house was absolutely disgusting. How these animals were living was heartbreaking. Um, and I don't know how much information you know I can give out because the case is still open, but just the work of all of the counties and rescues and animal controls, there were probably different 10 different organizations out there helping us. We pulled over 160 animals that day and it took us pretty much the whole day to pull them from this house and then bring them to Cherryland and get them all settled in. The biggest thing to get through was spacing wise because we don't have the space to house that many. So we really had to change up our operations and put everything else kind of on hold to get these babes the care they needed. So that was kind of the start of a nice, long, happy ending process. (laughs) Yeah, I was at the shelter um, the day of and was, was aware they were coming as well. And I feel like it was one of those moments where the day before, having a conversation with my coworkers about how, wow, the shelter is really, it's really quiet. And we've done a lot of adoptions lately and we have a lot of space and I feel like it was a really good timing. We're really lucky to have that space to make room for all the dogs too. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. was pretty wild having one animal control van after the other come with mm-hmm. so many animals. It just felt like endless on that it day. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, we were like, where do we start putting these dogs? So we started looking at our changing our cat condos into dog areas, and we had turned our large conference room into a separate kennel area. So we had a lot of pop-up crates and um, areas to put these guys, and we knew it was temporary, but it wasn't ideal for them. So, but it got them into a warm, comfortable, and safe environment. So that's you know what was what mattered that day. Yeah. 
And like you said, space was your biggest issue at first. It sounds mm -hmm. like you guys did have some outside help, though. You yeah. had the help of Little Traverse Bay mm -hmm. and the Charlevoix Humane Societies. Can you talk about that teamwork that... Yeah, it was, it was invaluable. It was wonderful. So we had over 10 organizations helping us pull the dogs. And then because of the court system, we had to hold the dogs at our facility until we heard any news that we could start transferring or placing. Um, so all of the dogs ended up at Cherryland. And then once we knew that we were allowed to release, we worked again with a ton of different shelters and organizations to transfer these dogs so that they could get into more comfortable environments and these shelters could give them more direct care because uh, a lot of these guys needed some special needs medical and behavioral care and it was just great to work with them and we just we're, we can't be thankful enough for everything they did for these these dogs and for our shelter mm -hmm. yeah how did the dogs compare now to the state they were in when you guys first rescued them <laughs> night oh and gosh. day <laughs> <laughs> it's i it's almost undescribable um the, the groomers that came in were incredible too because a lot of them were just, especially the ones that were outside tied to trucks or um, in cages on trucks, obviously living in their own filth, had so many mats and were covered in, in, their in waste. Were their toenails were curled and embedded in their paw toes. pads. Yeah, there was no fresh water, it was all frozen. So dogs that were pulled from outside, like you said, had frozen mats with feces and they were urine stained. So they, they looked, incredibly uncomfortable, so unhealthy, um, heartbreaking. But yeah, like you said, with all the groomers, they're they're different dogs and just looking yeah. better and now getting the vet care they need and getting confidence and our volunteers have been doing so much socialization with them, just teaching them what love and trust and respect is. We still have some dogs that are still very fearful and don't really wanna approach people, but every day they make improvements. So we've, mm -hmm. we've adopted out over 20, 30 of these dogs and have transferred out over 100 of them to other shelters and facilities to, for placement and just seeing how much that they have grown and how resilient they've been for the situation they have come from yeah. is just, yeah, like you said, it's undescribable. It's amazing. I remember coming there to talk to you guys when you first let the media kind of see the dogs for the first time and talk to animal control, and it was amazing how comfortable they were already. I mean, yeah. so many of these dogs were coming right up to us and trying to jump on us and everything, yeah. so yep. I think they've made, I mean, great improvement yeah, from what I can see. Yeah, they've made wonderful progress, and it's just amazing to see how far they have come. It's yeah. really great. It's awesome. And even the ones that are still really fearful, I know... It, this is, happens for Tia too, but like a lot of us have been working with, you know, a lot of the dogs in the kennels, and it's really special to me to see that like light of recognition when they start to like the really fearful dog starts to have a connection with you, and feels love and is accepting it, and it's it's really overwhelming for me as well, but mm -hmm. it's pretty special. Yeah, it's probably the something moment. they never yeah. experienced before. Yeah, the moment they realize that. Yeah they're loved and they know what that is and watching them learn how to play with toys oh my goodness your heart gets so full yeah. <laughs> watching them figure out a squeaky toy or how a ball is being tossed so just yeah and their personalities come out from it so it's just been an incredible process right and it's mm -hmm. so sad that they're finally getting toys for the first time yeah. and love for the first time but mm -hmm. being touched right yeah 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 well let's talk once again about the community outreach that you guys experienced almost right away. I mean, you guys had an influx of donations and just everything kind of dropped off. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, I was, um, Tia was definitely hands-on with the animals every day while I was sitting up front and accepting donations and the deliveries from UPS and post office. And we had to have volunteers to unload the trucks of deliveries of donations that people gave us. We're talking like hundreds of packages of every day, every day from people in the community. Um, it was amazing and they, they reached out with everything that we needed. Yeah, it was awesome. We had people reach out who wanted to volunteer and help us clean because with that amount of animals, you are cleaning 24-7. So to have people come in from all over to want to come help clean up poo, we're like, thank you. <laughs> that was the biggest thing. And yeah, our lobby was full of donations. Um, we had a volunteer jump out and get us shelves because we were running out of storage space for everything, which is just phenomenal because we needed it and it was there and we used every bit of it. And the monetary donations that came in, um, incredibly thankful for those because there were so many emergency vet bills that needed to be paid, animals that needed special care. There are still animals that are needing special care, either on medications, have surgeries coming up. So those funds, it was just such a relief to know that the care that these animals needed, they were going to get because of our community. Mm -hmm. And the businesses and uh, local restaurants or just businesses or people that brought food to feed the many volunteers and staff too yeah. that we had every day. We had staff working 14, 16 hour days. So to have lunch there or even just someone stop by and pat us on the back was mm -hmm. just the fuel we needed to keep going. And I know you guys had a goal of donations you wanted to reach kind of early on and you met that goal, is that correct? Yeah, we received every, everything that we needed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I also wanted to ask about just the home they came from in East Bay Township. By now, we've all heard the name Ray Fiegels. Mm. I know we cringe when we hear that name. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Well, I know that it's still in the works and we wanna do as much as we can to make sure that information about why this happened, what we can do to better it, and to make sure it doesn't happen again, I think is a you know priority. And to make sure that these animals, for what they went through, people understand their story and can f speak up when they hear or see, and then the people who have the power to change do something about it. So yeah, I'm not sure about the details of the case or anything like that yet, but just knowing that we need to do better for these animals mm -hmm. and just to see how there's people out there who want to and are ready to and to speak up. So we just need to make sure that we have everything lined up so we can do that properly and to make sure that individuals like Ray Fiegel do not you know, harm any more animals. Right. I think this is a good path for us to um, expand on humane education. Mm -hmm. um, in animal advocacy going forward with our community. And like Tia said, like mm -hmm. people, you, I mean, we have to be seeing these things around us and, and it's happening and mm -hmm. he, this isn't the only case. So, yeah. Right, yeah. It's definitely one of the largest cases that we've ever seen at Cherryland and um, I'm not sure, you know, when, in regards to either Northern Michigan or in the Michigan area, but we deal with multiple animal neglect abuse cases every year and um, just before the East Bay Disney dogs, we were ho holding other court case dogs, and beforehand we had over 20-something animals on court holds throughout different, you know, um, issues and concerns. So to get a streamlined process of how to care for these animals and how to get um, the outreach for these animals 
um, I think is really going to make a big difference on moving forward when it comes to cruelty and neglect, animal welfare. So do most of the shelter dogs come from abusive homes then? It's a variety. So with our contract with animal control, any stray dogs that come in um, come under into our care and once their hold is up, we get them all medically and behavioral cared for and find them homes. So we work with them on any type of seizure cases, cruelty, neglect. Um, We also accept owner surrenders through the public. So we get in dogs from pretty much any scenario you can possibly think of. So our operations of care for these guys are constantly changing because we do what the animal needs and based off of that care. Right. Well, what kind of dogs are still up? Are there still dogs up for adoption? Or yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we have a couple. Uh, we were so overwhelmed and just thankful for so many families who are interested in these dogs. We had over, I believe, 70 applications and over 100 inquiries when this first seizure happened. Um, It took us a little bit to get through all of the applications and the calls and to work with these animals and get them ready for adoption. So we've been reaching out to a ton of families and, you know, specifically with these animals' needs, uh, some of the adoptive families have decided, you know, it's not the best match because of either the animals' needs or their current situation. So a majority of those applications are either on hold or they're going to be looking at another time. So we do have probably around 10 Disney dogs still looking for homes. Um, We're currently working with a couple families and going to hopefully post the remainder to our website once they are ready for adoption because we still have some scaredy babies and some medical needs. So once they're feeling better and comfortable with people because we would hate to push them too much when they're still learning how to trust and love. So once they're ready, we're really excited to find them homes. Yeah. And what are these dogs that are, the 10 Disney dogs that are still up for adoption, what kind of breeds are they and ages, things like that? Yeah, so we've got some like Yorkie mixes, Terrier mixes, and I think we have a few Aussie mixes as well. Um, so I know they're going to go fast because mm-hmm. they are sweethearts. Yeah, they're also sweet. <laughs> oh, I want to see some pictures right now. They sound so cute. <laughs> Well, I think it's important, uh, what should people know when they're adopting a dog that has been through so much trauma? I think there's probably some things they should know before adopting those dogs, if you want to. I personally had one um, as a foster, and they're so sweet and have so much love to give, but it's just moving slow, Um, getting comfortable in their surroundings, getting comfortable accepting love, potty training, although they're doing really well, but... It's just, it's just not the same as any other animal when they've not experienced those before. Tia mm-hmm. knows more about this than me. Yeah. But yeah. I'm experiencing it firsthand. It was, you know, they just need some extra love and, mm-hmm. and yeah. patience. Yeah, lots of patience and um, consistency and knowing, you know, when these dogs do come into the home, it's their first time experiencing home life, you know, into a clean environment with, you know, your typical home layout. And that in itself is all new to these dogs. Um, the fresh air is new to these dogs. The Any type of noise that changes in the home, like a refrigerator running or a chair, you know, falling over, those are all all novel, all new to them. So it can be terrifying. It can be really hard to transition sometimes, but giving them the time 
and you know just everything you can to show them that they're safe and they're loved they're going to slowly you know open up and we've had dogs we you know we have a range of dogs where some will come into the office and you know act like a normal dog you know you would <laughs> never know the situation they came from where others you go visit them in their kennel and they're still still cowering in the back corners so depending on the dog they get and their personality it's going to be you know a different situation for each family but yeah it's just knowing that they don't know quite how to dog yet. So teaching them, you know, a home and a family and how to play and where to go potty and also just having resources. These dogs never had or didn't have water or food available for them right there. So knowing that they even have that option um, is a total changer for them. I feel like us seeing it firsthand, like once they get there, oh my goodness, I feel like they're gonna be the best, yeah. like most loving companion pets. Like, yeah. They're wonderful. So patience and understanding sounds like the two main key points to remember. Yeah, yep, yep. Just being patient with their transition and, you know, staying committed to what their needs are because it may change as they transition. It can take up to three months for a dog with a tough history to fall into place into a home and even to start to connect with people. But these dogs have been so open and have changed so much. So it's mm -hmm. been wonderful to see. Well, are there any future events coming to Cherryland that you guys want to talk about? I know next month is National Pet Month. Um, I don't know if you have anything special planned, but if you want to promote anything. I, we don't as of right now, but I think once it should. starts to warm up, absolutely. I know in the summers we yeah. have a lot more events and we can get our mm -hmm. dogs out there. and. Um, I know we're starting, we work with um, local nursing homes to bring pets to visit the seniors. And now that COVID is to a point where it's safe for our team to go in with an animal, we're actually starting that up here soon. So yeah. we're looking forward to getting them out and about. We've had, definitely had a lot of businesses reach out wanting to like uh, collaborate with us, like Bobby's Bagels, selling dog treats, giving the proceeds to us, Third Coast Bakery, making dog treats. Mm -hmm. So those are in-person events, but mm -hmm. soon. Yeah. <laughs> And I also wanted to ask, why the name Disney Dogs? Can you talk about how that first started, too? Yeah, so we um, tend to theme name, you know, litters of kittens or puppies, and it just kind of fell into place for any dog that, dogs that came in from a large seizure or case to give them, you know, a fun themed name. And specifically for the Disney Dogs, we thought they deserve, all of them deserve, you know, happily ever afters. So that's kind of where that came from. And just the magic that these dogs have experienced and us from them because of where they came from to now. It's just, it's magical and phenomenal to see where they are and who they are gonna become and the homes they will end up in. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope this will um, help encourage more people to come out and adopt those 10 remaining dogs or any of the dogs or cats that you have yeah. at the shelter. Yep. So. Our current dogs, um, unfortunately, because of this case, were put on the back burner a little bit because we had to close our adoption process when we had the dogs in our care. And we had several shelters help and pull a few of our available dogs so that they could continue to find homes while we were going through this crisis. Um, so those dogs that are on our website looking for homes, you know, have been looking for homes before before the Disney dogs came to us. So we would love to also feature them and find them homes because mm -hmm. they deserve it just as much. 
And people can go on your website and look at pictures of all the dogs, correct? Yeah, absolutely, yep. And there's a little bit of information on there for them and um, applications are right there so that if they're interested, they can fill them on out and reach out. And we plan on reopening to the public pretty soon. Yeah, I think we're looking at next weekend. Yep, so Fridays and Saturdays will be open for walk-ins. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tia and Naomi. Yes, thank, thank you. you so much. <laughs> Again, that was Animal Welfare Manager Tia Barbara and Communications and Marketing Manager Naomi Washburn with the Cherryland Humane Society. Head to 9in10news.com for more details on adoptions and always if there are any groups, nonprofits, charities, or even exceptional individuals you'd like to hear about, email us at 9in10news.com. From podcast producer Joe Busick and myself, thank you for listening to the 9in10 for the Community by the Community podcast. The For the Community by the Community podcast is brought to you by Traverse Catholic Federal Credit Union. Financial services for the community established in 1950.